It's the how that gets us really, really stressed. How am I going to do it in this amount of time? How am I going to get that done? How am I going to work this bit out? And often if we reframe that to who can help me on this journey, who do I know that can support me? Who can I delegate it to? Who can I call? Who can support me? Just that social connection, that ability to reach out, I think can be massive in terms of supporting us in a moment of, of stress. And often when people are stressed, you know, they always say, talk about it, talk, and it'd be open. Um, so rather than bit getting engrossed in the how, think more about, about the who. Welcome to the Mindful Paths podcast with Nick Day and Harry Kalimnios, where we explore the fascinating worlds of mindset, mindfulness, fitness, well-being, vitality, leadership, and personal development. Our goal is to provide you with the insights to help you live a more fulfilling, happier, and healthier life. If you're striving to be a better parent, friend, leader, colleague, or boss, or if you simply want to be more mindful and aware of the world around you, then this Mindful Paths podcast is for you. We invite you all to eavesdrop on our conversations and we challenge you to discover a new insight to help you on your own journey towards personal growth and positive change. So sit back, relax, and let's begin our journey together on the Mindful Paths podcast. Good evening, Nick, mate. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I'm, I'm a bit busy. We're catching up, what was it, 13 minutes behind time, trying to get everything done. I can see you're, you're looking much more chilled than I feel. Uh, you're sat there with your sunglasses you, on and uh, yeah, you know a very cool is, dude. And I'm looking a bit frazzled, I think. It's the, the nights are getting darker and I actually find, and I think we're going to talk about this anyway today, but I actually f- feel myself feeling more stressed in the evening when there are lights. And so I, before I got on the call with you, I was desperately trying to sort out dinner and everything else and I had the one of the main lights on and I didn't have okay. my on and I felt like this like I said I, I feel like a rush of caffeine when I'm getting like like my I can literally feel like I'm getting wired when I have all these lights on in the evening and I thought to myself if I don't do the lights mostly people are listening to this podcast they're not watching it anyway uh, and I thought if I wait till nine o'clock before I start to down regulate my nervous system it's going to be too late and I've been struggling really since I got back with the timing on my sleep anyway um since I got back from the US so I, was I like, can you know, see the difference in your lighting compared to mine uh, markedly, yeah. which makes me think yeah. maybe I should dim mine down a little bit maybe yeah, that's maybe. I'm worried yeah. it gets too dark though I'll, I'll, I'll want to have a nap mid-show and that's how I'm feeling at the minute <laughs> I'm ready for a sleep the idea of that caffeine or caffeine hit you mentioned is quite appealing if it didn't affect my sleep so much I'd be on it yeah. So, yeah so I mean how how you how you doing I think you, you you were saying just before we came on air that you've been a bit rushed with things today and we almost didn't yeah have just just a bit overwhelmed with stuff really my, my, my wife was away at the weekend so um yeah not that really impacts everything I had a friend up here so we've kind of um you know, you have a list of jobs you tend to get done over a weekend and uh, brilliant to see my friend. I haven't seen him for a long time, so not taking me away from what was a good social connection, as you would put it, opportunity to connect with someone I've connected with for, for a while. And um, one of my closest friends, best man at my wedding. So from that perspective, really good. But often you have kind of a list of jobs you get done at the weekend, you know, for me in terms of exercise, in terms of, um, you know, household chores, garden, activity, whatever. And uh, those things have gone by the wayside. So I uh, got up a little bit earlier than usual this morning to try and catch up on some of the uh, the fitness uh, tasks that I had to get done. We talked about last week, didn't we? About uh, the last episode about some of our routines. Um, and when you're playing catch up, it can just feel a bit frenetic. You, you, yeah. you know, end up just chasing your tail for a bit of the day. You got to try to manage what is a, a new launch in the US. We've launched our business in the States. So 
trying to manage a US business on US hours, which are much later, as well as keeping the UK business ticking over. Um, tomorrow I've got a day off, which is yeah, Austin and Tampa. But I think I think also I got I got day off tomorrow. So like anything, you end up working like a you know a, a waiting dervish trying to get everything done because you know you're not in tomorrow. So getting yeah. out of office is the last thing I do for the end of the day. So uh, yeah, just just sort of, it's only really been in one day for the week, and already I'm trying to make sure everything's handed over correctly so that uh, yeah. the team can manage everything in my absence. I do remember. But it's been good, mate. It's good. I, I can't complain. Uh, it, rather be busy than than not. I'm not very good at doing nothing. So uh, you, yeah, you how about yourself? I mean, for me, I, I, and I guess this is where we were, I was thinking of maybe steering the conversation. <clears throat> it's been a bit of a busy day. Um, like I said, I. I had the the schoolwork that I do, and then I rushed back, tried to sort out some things at home in the hour or so I had, and then I'm, I've just started like a new mentoring group. So I was doing it last year. I think I was probably doing it when we had our earlier calls. Essentially, three or four students from around the world. So I think this time we've got I've got someone from Nigeria, Bangladesh, uh, Swaziland, and somewhere else but they didn't turn up today so I can't remember where they're from and their students these ones are typically all around the same age they're all around 19 20 years old and they're young young adults they're either at university or taking a gap year or something and they want a bit of mentoring and so there's a bit of a program a 10-week program every two weeks and so I was doing that the first call today which is just really getting to know each other cool and then jumping on this call and and like I said I've got a busy week for me this week because I'm doing five workshops in a, in a row, which means you also have five lots of feedback and five logistic things to sort out in terms of where are you going? Because every school is different. Some might be half an hour cycle away. Some might be two hours in the car. And you were saying you don't usually do five days a week. So that's no, a not that kind of, not, yeah, not that kind of work. I'm, I always think like I haven't worked. I mean, I've worked five days like this job uh, before, but it's quite taxing. Normally I would try and limit to three because when you're actually in front of people, even if they're good students like they were today, there's a lot of energy that goes into it. There's a lot of mental capacity. It's not the same as doing five working days behind a desk, right? Not to take anything away from people that work desk jobs. I've done that. It is nowhere near the same. You have to be on it. You have to be on it. And you have to be on it for every second. Because sometimes if, you, if you're if you off it for a second or two and you lose them or something slipped, right? It's not like you know, being hung over, sitting behind a spreadsheet and just trying to get through the day. You can't do that when you're in front of people. And so working five days in different schools is logistically quite challenging, but also mentally quite exhausting. I'm actually okay because it's only day one today. So you'd struggle to be a full-time teacher? I would definitely struggle to be a full-time teacher, but even teaching is slightly different because of the way that the lessons are formulated. It's slightly different. Plus you don't have the same students in front of you for eight hours, the same cohort. So it is different, but I definitely do not envy teachers. And the work I do now has definitely reiterated the fact that I don't want to be a teacher um, of that description. But yeah, so I think, um, and also the day didn't start great because I um, I got up a little bit later than I should have done. And then the journey took me a little bit longer than I thought I should have done. And so I like to get there half an hour before. And I got there about two minutes before the session start time. So it was already a little bit of a rush. But I think that's where I was going to go with today's conversation, which is, just, I guess, like stress, general stress. So I had um, some students come up to me as well. Uh, we give them some techniques around stress, which stress, which I normally give them two tips when it comes to stress and anxiety and nerves. 
but one of them asked me what they will do in the moment when they're speaking uh, other than the breathing exercises that I that I get them to do and so I gave them some tips but I was thinking today I'm rushing around right I'm, I'm, I've got all the domestic stuff to do I've got the conversation with you conversation with the other students the feedback and it's like how how is it that different people have different ways of coping with stress you do way more than I do right you've got the two kids the two dogs the three podcasts the you know business this is my th- third podcast recording of the day across all three shows so yeah you do get a little bit of the I mean that podcasts are exhausting to be fair because you're focused you're staring at a screen you're focused yeah. on the individual but of course you're not really looking at their eyes in a real case scenario you're looking at their eyes through a screen and that that's quite tiring on the eyes as well you know I'm, I'm looking at you now through down the camera and uh it's uh, uh, not saying that you hurt my eyes, Harry, at all, uh, but uh, you know what I mean. That's that level of uh, of concentration. And it was interesting, though, because we you know, we connected today and we said, you know, what do we want to chat about? And we both have said we're a bit bit frenetic, a bit stressed. Let's, why don't we you know, keep it authentic and talk about what we're actually feeling at the moment? And it reminded me of a, a Sydney Banks quote. I just had a quick look for it, uh, which actually is the opposite of how we're probably feeling at the minute. It says, when we give up on trying to control our experience, it's only then we find ourselves moving effortlessly effortlessly into higher levels of consciousness. And I know, for me, one of my problems is I'm constantly trying to control my experience, certainly in terms of my day-to-day. That's something that obviously goes against Sydney Banks' theory of, if I want to get into a higher level of consciousness, I need to stop doing that. And I remember when I first met my wife, and she'll laugh at this, I said to her, I'm someone who never gets stressed. Now, bear in mind, this was before I launched uh, my entrepreneurial journey and everything else and had kids. Um, she, I wouldn't say that anymore. She laughs at me because she said, I always remember when you said you're someone who never gets stressed. I definitely do now. And usually it's because I just take on too much. And I then try and control that experience. And I think um, my wife says, I, I give myself the hardest time when I've told myself I'm going to do something and then don't manage to do it. So i.e. then I'm out of control of that experience. So um, for example, you know, I say that today I wanted to spend 15 minutes just doing a bit of meditation, um, you know, just to, just to sit down, chill out. And I haven't made that today. And that's 15 minutes. There must have been 15 minutes in my day I could have made available, but I haven't managed it. So I get frustrated because I haven't managed to do that bit. But of course, I think, well, if I take 15 minutes to do that, the stresses elsewhere add up. But they're probably the wrong way around. If I'd taken that 15 minutes, it probably would have de-stressed me enough to be more productive in the longer term but sometimes our our brains don't quite work in the way that we know makes sense as i say we often teach the things we most need to learn i know that probably would have helped me but in the moment i disregarded the meditation and cracked on with what i was doing in order to get everything done so i could make this tonight and it's uh it's funny isn't it probably not the right way around i probably be more productive i I mean i mean not not to challenge that at all i think like for me uh, you know, the 15 minutes is interesting because um, sometimes actually uh, I do remember like Tony Robbins and he's like, he's got his power hours and his 10 minutes to thrive. And he goes, if you haven't got 10 minutes, you haven't got a life. I think that sometimes you don't have that 15 minutes, right? Because things are like when I'm at a school, for example, and even today, I don't know that I've genuinely had that 15 minutes that I could have done a 15 minute meditation, for example, because everything's mapped out in the way it was but I remember arriving at the school this morning and bear in mind I was a little bit sweaty and flustered because I even though I didn't have the bag on my back 
Um, some reason I still got a sweaty back. Normally I don't, but I think uh, it was just a bit warmer today. I don't know if it's warm where you are, but it was quite yeah, warm. Yeah, it's been a bit of an October heat wave, haven't we? Yeah, probably? it's been quite warm. And so I had uh, my more of a winter jacket on. So anyway, it was a bit sweaty. And I just thought, I get to the school and then I'm in a rush because they're, they're, they're about to start. But all I did was take an extra 10 seconds, right? When I take took my bag off and took my coat off, standing outside so I could just cool myself down and then just took three or four breaths. And, and like, deep, like, not deep necessarily, but like on the exhale, I blew out quite vigorously. I was like like that and the effect that had for me entering that room was transformational now i didn't have the 15 minutes meditation that i wanted to do or anything like that in the morning and and whatever else but actually just taking that pause and actually that was one of the things that's on our on my list of things that we could talk about at some point but it was the one of the big lessons i learned from that practical psychology or practical philosophy course that i went on which is the power of the pause. I might have mentioned it before, that idea where at certain points in your day, there are natural full yeah. stops. And, and for me, I'm all about how can we make things like meditation, mindfulness, health, well-being, practical for the average person. And a lot of that is about integration, integration into things that are already happening. Because it is hard to spend 15 minutes sitting down and get, suddenly going into a Zen place when actually the back of your mind is thinking about the other thing that you've got to do and so sometimes just i think some of it realistic i mean it's you know time is the one continual thing that we can't we can't really control it's it's you know it's it's, it's a construct in the way that we've we've put hours around it whatever but um listening to what you just said there they say it's what you know insight we talked about in the last episode insight is sight from the inside but we know that insights change the world right so whether that's an insight in terms of how we breathe how we manage stress whatever it is, they're the things that can ultimately make the difference. And yet, ironically, it's sometimes finding the time to remind ourselves of what those insights are. So it's funny, if, if I'm working with like my wife or, or, or a coaching client or whatever, I would say, you know, in my from my perspective, mental being, mental health is innate. It's something that we're, we're born with. It's part of our factory settings to feel connected, to feel, to feel, you know, to feel well, to feel present in the moment. And it's often the illusion that we have that it's outside factors that it is that makes us feel safe, secure, and happy when often we're in control of those things. And often I think if I am feeling stressed, if I'm able to take that 15 minutes or, or less than that, that time to breathe as you are before you go into the classroom to remind myself that well-being is innate. If if I can get to that place in this moment, you, can, you the other things outside of, of my control, we talked about earlier, can dissipate and I can relax and I can breathe. And I go, okay, let's just you know break this down to the sum of its parts. I've got an awful lot going on. Do I need to do these things? Who am I doing them for? Why am I doing them if they don't make me happy? They do make me happy, so do them, but do them with positivity, not with frustration. It's sometimes like it's an attitude shift. Just knowing why you're doing something can make turn you into a positive mindset. I think- but I do think sometimes it's diff- you know we put I put a lot of pressure on myself to to do everything and I don't remind myself enough of two things. One is the reason I'm doing them in the first place and what that's going to bring to me. And two, that my well-being is innate. It's within me to, to feel good or to feel bad about that moment. The idea being that your your mood doesn't dictate your day, your day um, your day doesn't take your mood, your mood dictates your day. Um, and that's something that I I wake up to, but I can forget halfway through the day when things get a little bit crazy. I think um, something that you mentioned earlier that I wanted to come back to, which was the quote by, is it Sydney Banks, you said? Or? Yeah. 
Yeah. And we, when it says when we give up on trying to control our experience, we find ourselves moving effortlessly into higher levels of consciousness. Great. And I love that quote. And, and here's why I love it. One of the things I teach my students all the time and every every single session pretty much I go into these days and at some point during the day I'll and normally it's when I'm talking about uh how they interact with other people so I I we normally do an activity and then I I I share with them how most of their communication is not done through the words that they say and it's through your body language and your voice and everything else and I say to them look if you're not getting the response back from the person that you're interacting with like your teacher or whoever it is you have to change something in you. And I said, look, the reality is you can't control what that other person thinks or does or says. And in life, you only have control over two things. And I say, you've only got control over two things, even though most, a lot of people, maybe yourself as well, think you've got control over more. You don't. You only have control over two things, and that's your attitude and your actions. That's it. And so this is why that quote about controlling your experience, you can't control the experience. All you can control is your action, within that experience and then your attitude to that experience as it's happening you can only control those two things in life and i think when you focus on that or when i focus on that i find i'm less stressed because like today for example i was (laughs) i was cycling and i and then my colleague who was already at the school was calling me and i'm using my phone to to do the commute uh, map so and i tried to answer it as i'm on there and i'm like i can't hear you i'm close by and and i was i was at one point getting stressed because i was thinking am i going to be there on time i'm not and i'm going look the reality is what can i control right now how fast i pedal focus and, and focus on being safe because the last thing you need is to have an incident where i know you you blow a tire or whatever it is because you go over the wrong thing uh, or you get hit by a car anything like that you want to focus on what you've got control over and then relax on the rest and i think for me that's one of my big stress management tactics it's a stoic philosophy right control what you can control cope with what you can't and concentrate on what's important and sometimes we're thinking oh, i've got to do a million and two things go firstly why are you doing it like you said right is it yeah. that to even have that done there's so many things we put onto our plate whether- we often do them without without questioning that why we just take it on like it's how the whole monkeys on your back thing right there and yeah. the, and you know it links to, to things in the chimp paradox and with all sorts of there's loads of things it links to but we well, often just say yes without bad. really analyzing why we've said yes it's just almost a default reaction to to something because we think it's quicker if we do it ourselves and you know what I'll just say yes. And then before you know it, you said yes to 10, 100 things and it's, uh, and it's, you know, it's scratching so around. Taking that step back. So even today, as we were starting this call tonight, so it's now just gone eight o'clock. And so we're due to go to about 8.30. And I was thinking to myself, right, my kitchen is a right, right mess at the moment because I, I've been experimenting with this new device I bought yesterday called an Instant Pot or Instant Pot. I've been thinking okay. about for a while but I got convinced when I was in Austin Texas because my mate's uh, wife she was making this amazing dal right lentil thing I guess or split pea thing in an instant pot and I was like and you just put it in it's a pressure cooker and you can forget about it for half an hour and it will essentially cook itself I love like lentils and dal but I never make it because I have to constantly stir it for like an hour and a half to get it the way I want so I love right. how you've been thinking about buying it. It's so Harry. Yeah. For me, I've yeah, yeah. okay. already had it delivered by Amazon before need, I knew what it was. <laughs> do we need do we need more? No, I've been thinking about it for like it's been on my Amazon list for like years, but 
do we really need more kitchen things is what like would i find it useful and i thought you know what i've got a busy week this week it's the perfect week to test it because i can put it on whilst i'll do other things like my feedback so anyway the kitchen's a massive mess is the the upshot of that and i'm sitting here thinking i've got this feedback to do as well and we've got a certain amount of hours in which we can do the feedback and i'm thinking this is kind of stressing me a little bit because i also want to rest tonight because i've got a busy day tomorrow so i've got the washing up to do i've got the feedback to do the chat to do a bit of chill out time and now i'm thinking to myself actually is it really essential for me to do this tonight i have 72 hours to do it i can probably batch it with tomorrow's lot when i know i've got more time so i haven't got any meetings on in the afternoon actually by leaving this an extra day will make me feel more relaxed because now all i need to do is go wash up maybe spend yeah. half hour chilling and hopefully still get to bed before 10 o'clock right so i don't wake up so late as i did today so I think that that taking a step back and thinking about, okay, why is it that you're doing the thing that you're doing, um, which actually takes awareness. Um, and most of the time we don't have that within us. But it, it links to what we've said before. I think episode two, episode three, the idea that everything we feel lives in the shadow of a thought. So as in watching you just describe that then, you, when you go into that thought of the kitchen, sometimes for others it can, you can that can instill that feeling of, I've got to get this podcast done by half past eight because I've got a kitchen to do. And we live in that. We often the feelings we experience are what we were just thinking about, and our mind is able to trick us and go into different places in in such a such a speed that we can often think of multiple things that we need to do, and our feelings follow that. But as you said earlier, we're in control of those two things, and we can be in control of those feelings as well if we're able to identify, you know, the thoughts we've had a moment before that gave us that feeling. And a great example is the one that you gave when you were in that kind of road rage incident years ago where you you were desperate to shout, or you think you did shout at the individual, and it turned out you were the one in the wrong. Yeah. And you can go back to that and go, actually, that was a it's now a funny moment in your mind rather than an angry one because of what happened. Because this uh when we look at things in the moment, it can can it can make us have a certain reaction to it, a certain feeling to it. Whereas whereas if we're able to reframe something you're really um believe in it strongly as i do reframe that thought and it can completely change the way we feel about it and if we if we use that in a in a stress in relationship to stress what are the things that we're getting stressed about can we reframe it can we think about that problem differently you might just find that eases a lot of the stress that we've that we're feeling in that moment um well that's it i think you hit the nail on the head right and and this idea of reframing and and I, as I mentioned, pretty much every podcast, right, nothing has any meaning except the meaning you give it. And this is when I talk to the students about stress and anxiety. And I say, just because you're, you're feeling your heart beating quicker and, you know, you're butterflies in your stomach. I say, if you're, and I normally do it physically. I say, if I'm well, on this side of the room, here you're labeling stress and anxiety and nerves. But if we go on to this side of the room, and I normally give the example of like going on a roller coaster, and I say, who's been on a roller coaster before? And I say, well, you still have those sensations, but here you're calling it excitement or anticipation or preparedness. So who's deciding which one it is? And, and they're like, well, we are, I guess, right? And I say, well, yeah, because you've chosen, you've had a, a feedback, and you've chosen that that's what it means. It means stress, or it means uh excitement and and i normally then i'm a bit pedantic and i say if i'm driving a car at 30 miles an hour does that mean that i'm traveling fast or slow and then some people will say fast others will say slow i say look to be honest the answer to every question in the universe is it depends 
right? So it depends. If I'm going 30 miles an hour in the playground at break time, it's quite quite fast. If I'm doing that on the fast lane of the motorway, it's probably quite yeah. slow. You've given that. I think you gave that example before. I think in the first or second episode, yeah, it's I, about having the context to it. I like that. I think it might be a Tony Robbins. You know, because you, you follow more with work than I do. I'm sure it was a Tony Robbins um, said once that everything you're afraid to lose is just an illusion. The sooner we get to grips with that, the better the better we'll all be, or, or that will change the, that alone. If everyone understood that, that alone would change the world. Something like that. But I remember remember thinking that everything that we're afraid to lose is just an illusion, and uh, you can you can apply that to to illness. You can apply it to stress. You can apply it to the thing we haven't done. Um, and if you, I'm sure it was Tony Robbins. He I said mean, everything is off. an illusion because then you go, okay, if you're afraid to lose your health, is your health an illusion? If you're afraid to lose your loved one, is that an illusion? I've not heard that before, but I'm just trying to... Everything you're afraid to lose is just an illusion. It's, but again, it's about the reframing and the context piece, if you think, if you break that down. Um, because it goes back to the it goes back to the well-being being innate piece. Those things are all constructs. All the things you've just mentioned, I'm not saying that they, they give us security. They help us get the feeling of security and all those things that we want and we love and we're, we're conditioned to believe that we need. But the actual bones of it all is, is our well-being as an eight. It's what we were born with. We weren't born knowing that we needed these things, or you know, we 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 learn to feel that we need certain things in our life in order to make us happy. And a lot of those do relate to the financial things that we're able to purchase. The that you know, we talked about this a lot, but um, and I'm certainly someone who doesn't want to lose his house, right? But I'm probably not living in that world of of total. Um, yeah. Uh, that's the word abundance necessarily anyway right i'm not in that in that world of enlightenment yet as much as i'd like to be yeah. but i can understand if you break it down why i'm sure it was tony Robbins, but i'll have to have a look up to google it in a minute but um i can understand why that's uh that's a quote where if we if you lose that fear of we often do things when we're stressed because we're worried about losing something we're worried about missing a deadline we're worried about losing our job we're worried about losing our partner worried about missing something that's important to somebody else and that creates a feeling of stress that if you add those things up together can be quite overwhelming. Um, but actually, you again, if you reframe or you break it down as to what will actually happen, it's a bit like there's, there's a coaching technique, of, um, which you'll know, which is catastrophizing. A lot mm. of people will come in a coaching environment and say, I'm really worried about X. And rather than say, you know, why are you worried? Sometimes a better way of going is, okay, what happens if that happens? Talk to me. Tell me how that would feel. What would happen next? What would be what would snowball next? And they can give these scenarios. And either either they realize it wasn't as bad as they think when they actually talk about it out loud, or they realize that actually there's a multitude of things they can do to prevent them from happening. So okay, now you know that's the worst case. What would you need to do to prevent it? And what are the steps you can take tomorrow or after this call or after this session? And they can work it back in a in a much more logical format. And they realized that all the things they were worried about could happen was actually an illusion in their mind in the sense that they were already in control of many of these things. And even if those things do happen, actually, they don't lose themselves. They might lose something, but they don't lose who they are. Um, mm. I, I, I think there's a lot in that. Yeah, there is. I mean, and it's not a, a recent uh, idea. I mean, that's that's one of the uh, tenets, I guess, or the principles that stoicism is founded on, right? This idea, um, I think we've mentioned it before, but like, almost actually not even just catastrophizing in terms of intellectually but actually doing it so let's say for example you know you want to like you know you're afraid of losing the house or something it's like they would actually encourage you to go and live home like a homeless person for like a year 
or whatever it might be, or a month, because then you know you can cope with the worst thing that can happen, right? And so actually then you have no fear of doing things. Um, but what I wanted to ask, and, I, and I'm conscious to the listeners as well, but like what would be, say, three of your go-to ways in the moment to deal with stress when you're feeling stressed? Because I think people are always looking for ideas on how to manage stress. So what would be your three kind of go-to two ways to kind of deal with All right. So I think we've ta- I think we tackled two of them, but I'll I'll re- I'll mention it again just we because these are the things that I do. Yeah. First, the, the number one tackling for stress is to actually get out of your current environment and go get some fresh air and just get out, get, get yourself grounded, get outdoors. I just think it changes your whole mindset um, to be able to feel the freedom of nature, and that's just the same thing. If you can do that, I think it's massively helpful. Um, I find it more of a stress relief to do that with someone that I'm I love, and I can then talk it out loud, almost like in a coaching um uh, environment so if i can do that with my wife in particular that's great we can go and have a chat uh, out outdoors with the dogs or in a hot tub or whatever it is and i find that you, it never seems as bad once you talk something out loud it goes back to that that lamppost metaphor if you've everyone talked outside to a lamppost for 30 minutes a day they'd feel much better and i think when you vocalize something out loud it changes the, the nature of the problem it makes it changes the way that we think about the problem if we talk about that problem out loud and you can do that on your own by the way people can talk about a problem out loud it will still sound different how it sounds in your head or how you would write it down so i think that's a really a powerful thing i think uh, for me it's a reminder that well-being is innate that i'm in control of my own well-being and do that leads me down the the rabbit hole of do i need to do these things do i need to do them now what's the why um why am i doing them if they are important don't worry about the how why actually if anything more about the who who can help me get there because often it's the how that gets us really really stressed how am i going to do it in this amount of time how am i going to get that done how am i going to work this bit out and often if we reframe that to who can help me on this journey who do i know that can support me who can i delegate it to who can i call who can support me just that social connection that ability to reach out i think can be massive in terms of supporting us in a moment of, of stress and often when people are stressed you know they always say talk about it talk and it'd be open um so rather than bit getting engrossed in the how think more about about the who um and that that links to the the well the reminder that well-being is innate i think that's for me that's a really powerful thought and then the last bit which kind of links to all of them really which is reframing the problem reframing is unbelievably powerful yeah um reframing how I'm viewing a situation. What is it that's making me stressed? The guy's just cut me up. Can't believe he's just done that. Okay, let me reframe the situation. What's that person that's cut me off been going through? Who knows? Maybe they've done X, Y, and Z. Maybe they've just, you know, had to get to hospital on time because they're just about to lose a parent. Or, you know, I'll go back to the Sherpa example where the oxygen had disappeared. And, um, you know, everyone was saying, oh, how dare they steal our oxygen? He said, well, let's not assume they've stolen it maybe they gave that to someone to save someone's life and we in in us not having it we've saved someone else and that that unbelievable reframe in that moment which got everyone off the mountain I, it will stick with me forever i think so i think they're my three they're my cool. three things that, that, that are powerful for me um i think yeah. the challenge for me is reminding uh, myself of these three things what yeah well, that's it yeah that's why it's good to talk so so yours are like effectively fresh air getting out in nature talking number two understanding well-being's innate um and understanding more maybe the who rather than the how and then number three reframing i guess yeah what would be awesome um 
Maybe the first one, I, I, no, not necessarily a particular order, although I'll probably save the last one as my main one, um, is this idea of understanding what you can control in any given situation, right? So what are my specific actions or attitude that I've got control over in this situation, right? And I've used the example before, like going late for an airport, right? And then what is it that I've got control over in that moment? Yeah. Right? Like get out of the taxi, go, go and get the tube or something like that. And then... Because a lot of time I, I get stressed when I'm running late, right? I like to be on time to things or whatever. And I think, okay, what have I got control over in that situation? So that stoic philosophy of controlling what you can control, cope with what you can't concentrate on what's important. That would probably be number one. The second one, which I, I just thought of really now, because I, I was thinking about it in terms of actually, you know, dealing with all the mess that I've got in the kitchen. And it's just breaking things up into their smaller manageable steps, right? Just focus on the one dish, focus on this. And I, I'm reminded of, um, I think, uh, I can't remember if I mentioned this on a previous podcast or not, but Joe, a mutual friend of ours um, who comes on a cycle trip with us, he and I went to Kilimanjaro uh, back in 2006. Uh, two of us went to climb Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa. And I remember the the guide with us, because the first day or two, it's really shallow. The, I can't remember if you've yeah, done it. You know I have. It? I've actually got, weirdly, this is weird. I kid you not, I'm going to put it on now. I got a time hop. I haven't looked at time hop for months. Right? I, for no reason at all, I decided to check it today. I'll load it up. I, honestly, I don't know. It's funny how the world works sometimes. And I put it up and I got a reminder when I logged in that I did Kilimanjaro exactly. Literally, I would have been on the mountain top this today. How many years ago? Because it will pop up in a minute. I'm going to skip through. Um, so yeah, I have done Kilimanjaro. And literally, I, I summited the mountain today however many number of years ago i'm scrolling through now hold on give me a second so carry on i'll give you the year in just uh, a moment it scare me a little bit okay well that's weird because also that only popped into my head uh, when when you were talking that i was going to give this example but the, the the guide was saying look it's very shallow when you walk at the first few days and you're tempted to walk quicker but he's saying go slow and just do it one step at a time and just one step at a time and when you get to the top and you're struggling <clears throat> one step at a time so that would be my second tactic is that what is the smallest part that this can be broken into and just focus on that uh and also it reminds me i think it was um probably sylvester stallone in one of the in the creed 2 movie where he's like saying one step at a time one i love punch. your movies i, I love it there's so many things in there right so one step at a time one punch at a time and i often think about that i go like just you know one step at a time one punch at a time and, and that would be my second one. Do you know the date of when you did Kilimanjaro then? I think I was... No, it's, it's come up my time hop as five years ago today, but that definitely isn't. I think it's a, I think it's a time hop repost. You know when you've done it once and it comes up right. again because you posted uh, it once before. Because if it was five years ago, I'm a little bit shocked and I'm pretty sure that isn't necessarily the case. But I am going to discover when it was. But apparently I was up... Either way, it was literally um, today right. I was summiting. However many years ago, it can't have been five. That must have been longer than that. Here we go. I found it now. It was uh, 2011. There you oh, go. Yeah. And okay. I did. I summited on the 9th of October, 2011. Oh, right. Well, well, How does that? That came up today. Strange yeah, it's, on the world. Yeah, it's weird, because I hadn't thought of that for ages. Um, so that would be my second one, is break things up into smaller steps. And then my third one, which I think is my main tactic, I'm pretty sure I've shared it with people uh, listening in before, and I have it written on my bag as well. I always show it to the students I work with is to understand that all, all things, right? Emotions, feelings, injuries, pain, heartache, cost of living, whatever is 
transient. Yeah, it's going to pass. This too shall pass. And that really is probably my main stress management tactic. I like that. And that links to something that I've spoken to you about before. And you asked me what that was all about, which is we can use this. And if anyone's listening, you can use this in so many different ways. It doesn't have to link to stress. You can use this in a coaching context with different things, projects. But the it's called the, the snow globe metaphor. The idea being that we're living in interesting times, right? The world has been shaken up like a snow globe. So you could use it in that kind of idea. And nobody's quite sure where it's going to settle or how it's going to settle. And it you can have a sense there that the world at the moment, particularly economically, cost of living crisis, it's recalibrating, right? So that's kind of a massive way of using it. But actually in the context of stress and the way that you have, the idea that this too shall pass, it's equally usable. The idea of a snow globe being when we're stressed, all the snow has been shaken up. You know, you've, for you, you've got your kitchen going on, you've got your marking to do, you've got your podcast now, you're a little bit late, probably a little bit jet lag from before. All this stuff's going on in our heads. And for anyone listening to this, I can guarantee there'll be loads of people with 101 things running around their mind. They're trying to listen to this podcast. They're probably doing so whilst hoovering or driving or, or marking or doing something else, right? And all these things, all the snow is in the air. But it's a bit like that time where I think both of us agree, if you just let things settle, let the snow settle and you can recalibrate and you can go, actually, this will pass. And now look at the view. Look at the view you've got now that the, 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 the snow has settled. And what is it you're looking at now? It's a different view to what you had when it was all up in the, everything was covered. You couldn't quite see the view through the wood, through the trees, all these little cliches that come out. And stress and anxiety is exactly the same. Often before even the main issues that we're dealing with have even being resolved there's a shift there's an imperceptible change that we're kind of noticing and that's that's the resettling of the ground we're standing on when things start to work themselves out and i just think the idea of a snow globe if you can hold on to that metaphor in your mind when things are are going badly the idea that someone's shaking up this snow globe and i'm, I'm doing the action here for those that are watching but that's what i'm thinking of he's shaking it up really thinking everything's going everywhere think, oh my god it makes us unsettled for the future because you can't see what it is you can't see the image in the middle of the globe you know, what is it? What's what's actually going to be seen when all the all the snow settles? Um, and I think it's only when it settles that we can have that sense of calm. Yeah. And what is, you know, what are the bits of snow that you need to let hit the ground? And if you are worried, don't worry, because exactly as you said, it's point three. Whatever it is you're going through, be it pain, be it grief, be it a challenge at work, whatever you could put a little bit of a snowflake to each one of those things eventually it's going to land on the ground and eventually it's going to settle and this too shall pass. Um, and every time we shake that globe, you know, it's never going to be exactly the same as it was before. Yeah, so yeah. you've got to understand just because it's settled now doesn't mean it won't be shaken again. But every time you shake it, the, the snowflake's going a slightly different direction. But each time the landscape will reappear, the idea that view will come back. Um, life, I mean, the, 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 the kind of this idea anyway, of stress, like we, we talk about, you know, de-stress, you stress like good stress and all of this and and stress is there to serve us or to give us a message in some way shape or form and i remember going back to tony robbins this is something i definitely remember him saying he goes you know the only people that have got no problems right no stress no problems are people in the graveyard right you don't want to be one of them anyway like it's, it's going to be part of 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 life right and and you know the other thing I sometimes think is like you know life only gives you what it knows you can handle right and so sometimes that helps appease some of the the larger stresses that I might have it's like okay well it's here because it thinks I can handle it 
Um, and There's a lot of quotes coming out today. I'm going to bring another one, which made me laugh, because you mentioned some graveyard. And it's a bit of a funny story behind this, right? And maybe just to, just to change the, the narrative slightly. So obviously, and those that followed this show before will know my dad's been very unwell. Um, he's got, got terminal cancer and is fighting that at the moment. And a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine called Graham, sent me a, a quote that he'd seen at a presentation that was delivered by, um, I think it was at the Entrepreneurs Convention uh, recently, it was a well-attended event. And it was one of the slides, and he took a picture of the slide and sent it to me and said, oh, maybe think of what you're going through with your dad and whatever else. And the quote was this, right? He says, life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body, but rather to skid in broadside in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly used up, totally worn out and loudly proclaiming wow what a ride which i thought was a great thing to read anyway okay, i get that you know so i sent that to my dad and on the on this image on the picture there's a picture of the book that this quote comes from which is called the proud highway by hunter thompson and that just happened to be on the slide my dad didn't get the he read the quote but kind of misread it he just assumed i was recommending him a book so i spoke to him and oh, i bought that book you uh you recommended to be by whatsapp is a massive book well, what was that all about i don't get it i said what book? I haven't sent you any books. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The Proud Highway. I said to him, I've never heard of that book in my life. I literally don't know what you're talking about. So he said, have a look on WhatsApp. You sent it to me. So I went and bought it. I didn't think twice. If you're recommending a book for me, I knew it must have been important. Uh, I went back and it's literally just a picture of the book next to the quote. I had no idea. So he had looked at the book when he picked up the message and had taken no interest in the quote. I'd sent it because of the quote when the book was in the image, uh, which has nothing to do with stress, but it did link to your graveyard piece and the idea that you know, we can be really, really stressed and we can take ourselves to the grave with that, you know, well-preserved maybe body because we're trying to get everything right. But it's way more entertaining to turn up, you know, yeah. as you say, as it says here, totally worn out, loudly proclaiming, well, what a ride. And that's the way that I want to go. Yeah. Um, and again, you can reframe the stress. What are we doing it all for? If we can't do it with a laugh and a joke and a bit of adventure, you know, we need to reframe or change. I think that's it. I mean, you've got to, like, one of the things that I, I sometimes think of when I'm, it's harder to think about it in that stressful situation, but sometimes I do. Is is uh, someone said, or I heard it said once, right? You know, sometimes when we say, "Oh, one day we're going to look back on this situation and laugh about it," is that yeah. well, why not make that day today? Yeah, why wait for five years to look back and laugh? Right? Why not make that today? And I think, yeah, if that's that's the truth. If you are going to look back on it one day and laugh, and it's sometimes harder to to do that in the moment. And it just comes back to that, like, you're going to feel differently about things in the future. Um, and going back to that control where you can control. Because I think a lot of people do stress about things that they have no control over, right? The economy or... Yeah, I agree. Think of them or whether people are going to turn up to their show tonight or whatever, or what feedback I might get from someone. And sometimes that, that was the same for me, right? I'd be like, oh, I really want to get good feedback from the from the delegates. I can't control that. All I can control is giving my best in the moment and then they yeah. mark whatever they mark, right? And sometimes you don't know, right? I was at a, an event, I did a workshop the other day. I thought it went really well and the, the scores were lower than I expected, right? And the students were really good. They were like really well behaved, but like in different schools, in different boroughs as well, you get different vibes. Sure. Sometimes you get to more challenging schools and you think you've had a terrible day, but they're just so grateful. As, as you said in the last episode, no one, no one else can make you feel anything. No. So even reading that feedback, it's, you might be viewing it with a, one day a negative uh, mindset, another way a positive one, because you knew you were delivering it when you were below par or whatever. It doesn't matter. But you, you, you are the one that controls how you feel about that feedback. No one else can make you feel it. 
Um, it reminded me when you said that last time, which is because I'm absolutely in, in full agreement with you. Um, when we often feel at our best is when we're in, we first find love, right? Or we're in love. And if you can kind of sum up what love is, people really struggle to know what it is. It's a feeling. It's really hard to put into words. But love is very much a mindset that's free of all negativity and all stress. That's in my view. If you're really in that moment, you just met your partner in a honeymoon period. You're not worried about the stresses of things around it. Or what, you know, you're not worried about any of that stuff. You're just free of negativity. You're just in the moment. It's just nothing but positivity. And as you said, why not start today? I know that's hard for people. It's hard for me sometimes to think that. Yeah, but I, mean, I know I've come off this call with a slightly different uh, mental attitude than I would have had um, going into to dinner with my family after this. And I would have done had we not had this call together. Yeah. So that's that's, that's, that's good. A lot of what, when we when we do these conversations, or even when I used to record my YouTube videos on a weekly basis, a lot of it was there to serve as a reminder for me, right? No, 100%, 100%. Like some guy who's got it all figured out, and it, it's like, we need, oh, at least I need these constant reminders, which is why I enjoy having the conversations or, or rereading the same books or looking at the same quotes again or... Because I need that that constant reminder. So um... as I've said it, I'll say it again and again on these shows, uh, only because it's so prevalent in the world that I live in and work in. And I'd probably say for most, uh, we often teach the things we most need to learn. And we're often telling them, you know, staff, great, have a great work-life balance. Go and do this with your kids. Go and I never do it myself. You know, it's ah, you know, (laughs) I've gone straight out of work into this. Someone else finished two hours ago. I'm still working, but it's like okay. So I would say, like as well, going into like a meal with your pet, your 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 kids or your family right now, it's also like you take that pause before and and think to yourself, how is it I want to show up in this next half an hour? Yeah. Then right and. And sometimes what I used to tell coaching clients, and actually it's quite useful when I do this myself uh, sometimes, is when you get to the front door, for example, uh, one, you take that pause, you take that breath, but also let's say all your problems are resting there on your shoulder. Just pick them up, literally, metaphorically and physically, pick them up off your shoulder and just hang them on the coat rail as you as you come in or outside the house. You can still pick them up on the way out if you want to have if you're desperate to have yeah. them. But, but as you go in, don't take those into your children or your spouse or whoever it is and you know just rest that there then be be there for them in the way that they, they it means they don't see the best version of you either if you bring them with you right you know yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's not a bad family commitment to make if i said that to lucy and she says the same to me and you know, we don't I mean, maybe that's something new we can introduce you know let's let's hang up our our daily gripes here and whatever we've gone through and leave it on the door. And now it's just you and I, because as you said, as I mentioned, love is something that's free of negativity and we don't want to be bringing that negativity into our, into our conversation, our relationship. It just stresses both of us out. I think that's a, that's a nice visual metaphor for you to, to leave with me before the end of this call. That's I'll leave this office room I'm in now and hang him up at the door and, and go with a little bit of vibrancy. I mean, it's a, a going back to the idea that, um, as you say, everything lives in the shadow of a thought. We're only ever one thought away from happiness. We're equally one thought away from sadness. It's the lies in the thoughts. So what thought do I want to leave this room well, with? We've got eternal control of it, right? And uh, Exactly. And you can use, I mean, I actually today was thinking about this very thing when I because I have bungee cords strapped in my um my bag to the back of my bike, so I don't have it on my back. And I, I do literally hang those up, right? And that's actually my yeah. that's almost like my completion of that part of the day. Is like I hang that up. Just like I think I I told you the the metaphor that I've got with the, the shower, didn't I, a while back? Did I not tell you with scraping the, the water off the shower? 
Yes, that. you did. Yeah, 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 you did. All the dots being problems. And then you That's why you do it in the morning. It's part of your routine. The thing is, well. This is what I said before. It's all about integration, right? How can I integrate these mindful techniques or whatever into what I'm already doing? Or that's like whether it's brushing the teeth, whether it's that, because no one has time to spend hours doing all the mindfulness stuff. But if you can integrate it into things you're already doing and and like I said, nothing has any meaning except the meaning you give it. So yeah, hanging up your coat might mean nothing. It's just you hanging up your coat. But if suddenly you associate hanging up your coat with also hanging up all, all of your problems and issues, it has a different meaning to you. It becomes more of a rich. And actually, the old cliche of sleep on it, If when you go to pick up those problems the following day, they might just look and feel a little bit different. Um, you know, once you've absorbed them and you compartmentalize them. And uh, in, the, in the famous words of Elsa on the frozen, let it go. Let it Absolutely. Go. I love that. I sometimes yeah. say that to people. I go, just just frozen. Just do it frozen way. And they're like, what do you mean? I go, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. I, I probably a good place it. to uh, let it go to, today. To, yeah, well, I think it's time to let it go. You've uh, got a kitchen to do, and I've got a problem to hang up on my hanger here before I leave the room. So, uh, yeah. 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 No, it's been good, man. Wow. I've enjoyed it. It's, uh, I came in pretty flustered. Both of us started 15 minutes behind time. We've caught ourselves up. We've had a good chat. Lots yeah. of quotes, which I love anyway, bringing our, getting the old create, creative and memory juices flowing. And uh, it's been good, man. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. I've enjoyed it too. And now I'm, I'm off to tackle one step at a time, one one step at a time, one punch at a time, that kitchen. Uh, Enjoy your one pot. Enjoy your one pot uh, rice. And, I, I'm, uh, I'm, getting used, I'm getting used to it. It's not quite the recipe uh, that my friend Nisha made. Um, but I said to her, by the time she gets back at Christmas, hopefully I'll have got a little bit of a better variation. Well, I'm, I'm on the same journey with your smoothies. They're getting better. They're still nowhere near as good as the ones you made me, but I'm working on that. The one I made yesterday didn't taste, taste that good. Okay, so well, that makes it feel slightly better. I still get it wrong. wrong. I still get it wrong. All right, buddy. Been a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Uh, great to see you again. We'll catch up soon. And uh, hopefully there's some uh, some takeaways here for others that are feeling stressed when they're listening to this. Whatever, whatever task you are doing at the moment, uh, listen to the hopefully some some insights we've given there that might just help you out a little bit. Um, and everyone's in the same boat. It's that power of uh, everyone feels the same. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. we can all all control it a little bit better if we take a take a, take and listen to the learnings and give ourselves a moment to reflect and reframe. Um, yeah, all good right. stuff. Great stuff. Uh, see you next time, uh, and see you next time, everybody else as well. We'll do. All right, buddy. You take care. Cheers, Bye. man. Thank you for tuning in to the Mindful Past podcast with Nick Day and Harry Kalimnios. We hope you found our discussion insightful and gained valuable takeaways to support you on your journey. Please, please, please do leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform and share an episode that's resonated with you with a friend or a family member who you think may also find it valuable. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to ensure you never miss a future episode. In the meantime, we'll continue exploring mindful path topics to provide you with more insights and ideas to support your personal growth. For now, thank you for your support and we look forward to bringing you the next episode of the Mindful Path Podcast real soon.